Hey, 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 it's me again. Today I'm back with another episode. Um, If you haven't checked out the one year anniversary episode, go do that. It's only like 20 minutes. Uh, It's just me kind of saying thank you to everybody and talking about the history of the show so far and uh, then kind of going over, you know, in celebration, kind of going over like my musical past and all of the different band phases of my life and uh, what I've been into throughout my life and kind of a general idea of what I'm into now. Uh, But yeah, go check that episode out. And uh, yeah, like I said, in that episode, I I really can't believe it's already been a year since I started doing this. Um, Kind of uh, didn't expect for this to run that long um, because I have a habit of kind of starting things up and then just abandoning them whenever things get busy or hectic and uh, I'm just glad that I, I've kept this going as long as I have and I hope to as as far as I can. Um, I don't have any plans to stop uh, that I'm aware of so yeah um, like I said going to be talking about August 2022 today. Uh, And I think I said this in the anniversary episode when I was kind of saying what's coming up. Um, I think I said that this was a little bit of a sleeper hit of a month. Like, I kind of didn't expect this to be a very good month. I I didn't know a whole lot that was coming out, uh, which I ended up finding a good amount of stuff. Um, But I just didn't have a really good feeling about it, and... uh, turned out to be pretty solid. I mean, like, it's not one of the better months of the year or anything, but um, I liked basically everything that I listened to, and of course, you know, we'll get into my five picks for my favorites of the month, but like, even aside from those, like, there were quite a few albums that I thought were uh, pretty good, and um, I guess I'll get into those now before I get into the five picks. Uh, Starting off, we've got uh, an album called My Name is Hell by Cal Marx. And um, this one, you know, is... I'm not really sure how to describe it. It's a little bit of post-punk and just kind of generally like raucous kind of indie rock stuff. Um, you guys see I got these really brash, aggressive vocals that I like a lot. Um, I think this is definitely a band to watch. Um... I had never heard of them prior to this, or before this, um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely interested now. I, I've got it at a 3.5 to maybe a 4 out of 5 for now. Um, I liked the overall vibe of the album. I, I couldn't really pick apart different songs in particular that I like, but I just dug the overall sound and, uh, you know, just one of those kind of vibe, put it on in vibe records for me. Uh, then we've got Kiwi Jr. with Chopper, which is another one of those. Just kind of throw it on. It's it's really nice. Just kind of listen to it while you have a barbecue or something. Just a uh, pretty straightforward indie rock record. Uh, reminds me a lot of uh, Jonathan Richman and The Modern Lovers. Uh, I've got this one at a 3.5 out of 5. Then we've got OCs with A Foul Form. Uh, really cool, like... Not a record, again, that I would, like, pick apart certain songs from, but just a really quick, like, 20-some minute kind of crust punk record. I know this is a different style for OCs. I know they're kind of all over the place. Um, I don't know a whole lot about them, but I do know that. I thought this one was pretty cool. I've got it at a 3.5 out of 5. We've got Danger Mouse and Black Thought with Cheat Codes. Uh, 
really cool, like uh, just another like sample heavy hip hop, uh, really lyrical album. Um, I've got a, I've got it at a four out of five uh, for right now. Um, you know, it, it didn't make my list for the month or anything, so maybe I don't love it as much as everybody else. But I, I still do really like it. Um, I especially love the song uh, Belize with MF Doom featuring Rest in Peace uh, MF Doom. Uh, then we've got Hot Chip with Freak Out release, and this one. Um, so Hot Chip used to be a pretty big band for me when I was first getting into indie music because they were kind of one of those blog bands that got posted about all the time whenever I would like do research and uh, I was really into their albums like The Warning, Made in the Dark I liked a lot, uh, One Life Stand. Uh, I played the hell out of all of those records growing up um, when I was like 12, 13. And, uh, you know, I, I still don't listen to them, like, nowadays that much, but whenever they put out something new, I try to check it out, and uh, they kind of have this thing where I feel like they can't really make a bad record. Like, all of their records are pretty solid, and um, I've got this one at a 3.5 to a 4. Uh, just a lot of fun, just indie pop, uh, kind of dancey stuff on here. I especially love the songs. Uh, Eleanor is definitely my favorite, and uh, Down, that single that was released, that was a really great song. Uh, then we've got uh, another band uh, that I think I mentioned in the uh, one-year anniversary episode, and that's uh, Silver Sun Pickups with Physical Thrills. And this is just like Hot Chip. Like, I don't think they can really make like a bad record, but nothing like recently like blows me away like anything like I mean Carnivos to this day I still think is among like a long list of my favorite albums ever albums that mean a lot to me and you know some of the recent stuff I definitely wouldn't place that high but it's still good for what it is um I really liked the song uh, I think it's called System Error on this one um, and everything else is pretty good too. I've got this one uh, kind of sitting between 3.5 and 4. Uh, then we've got a new one from Cheek Face um, called Too Much to Ask. And when I originally was going to do a... So if you don't know this, I was actually going to start the show way back in January 2021. And, you know, things kind of got in the way and I ended up not starting until, like I said, August that year. But when I was planning that episode, I was going to talk about the Cheek Face album, Empathetically Yours, which I kind of forgot about when I did my year-end list, but thought it was a pretty fun, quirky, indie pop rock record. And, you know, this is just more of that. Um, you know, nothing that I, I'm just, like, in love with, but still a lot of really funny lyrics, uh, a little bit of, like, uh, B-52s kind of vibe. Um a little bit of modern lovers again, I guess you could say. Um, really like the uh, lead singer's attitude and kind of energy. Um, I really like the song uh, Next to Me, Yo Guy version. I think it's a really funny song. Uh, then we've got Notions by Heavy Gus, which I thought was a pretty cool, like moody, indie, kind of singer-songwriter record. Um, not really sure what else to describe it as, um, but... Uh, thought this woman's voice was really nice. Uh, I thought the lyrics were uh, really well thought out and uh, kind of another artist that I want to keep an eye on because I hadn't heard of her or 
I don't know if it's a, a band or a solo artist. I think it's a solo artist. Um, I hadn't heard of her up until, you know, listening to this. So another new one for me. Uh, another one sitting at about a 4 out of 5. Uh, maybe 3.5. I don't know. Uh, then we've got a new one from Panda Bear and Sonic Boom. It's called Reset. And uh, I was a little bit let down from this one um, because I am a pretty big Panda Bear and Animal Collective fan. Of course, I talked about time skiffs back in February and kind of gave my history with uh, the band and, you know, how they were another band um, a little bit later than like Hot Chip and Silver Sun Pickups. But still, they were a band, I guess, like at 14, 15, that meant a lot to me, you know, listening to like Strawberry Jam and Merriweather and then you know for Panda Bear speaking of him getting into that uh being really into like Person Pitch and Tomboy and um I think Panda Bear Meets the Grim Raper was like I was a little bit older then but I kind of remember that coming out and I lost track but uh obviously having him in such high regard had pretty high standards for this and it's not bad by any means but it's I just don't know if it's something I would go back to uh, there is one song on here. I forget what it's called. I'll have to put it on um, my end of the year playlist because I'm definitely not going to forget about it. I've got it saved somewhere. I think it's called like Edge of the Edge. Um, really love that song. Everything else is like okay, but uh, really love that song. Really feel like the Phil Spector influence on that. Really cool stuff. Uh, but I've got this record at a, a 3.5-ish, somewhere in there. Uh, then we've got a new one from the chats called uh, Get Fucked. And uh, this is another one that, like, it, it's not bad, but I, I'm not crazy about it. It's just some really just raw, crazy, like, fast punk stuff with really funny lyrics, uh, a lot of energy. Um, you know, they, they're a band that I've enjoyed, like, little songs here and there, like, obviously, Smoko, but not one that I've paid a lot of attention to and they'll probably kind of stay that way. Um, but I, I, I like them for what they are. I've got this one at like a three out of five ish, uh, mountain goats with bleed out. Um, mountain goats is a band with a huge discography, obviously legendary because of like Tallahassee and John Darnielle. I think he lives in North Carolina now. So shout out uh, to that. Or maybe he has for a long time. Like I said, uh, I don't know that much about them. They're a band that um, just haven't really gotten that into yet. Like, I like everything that I hear, but it's just never enough for me to want to search it out more. Um, and this just kind of proved that to me. I mean, I, I think the theme of the record is cool, being based around, like, 60s horror movies, I think. Or not horror movies, like crime movies. Um thought that was pretty cool and I mean like the songs are really well thought out but I just I don't know there's something kind of holding me back but it, it, it's still nice regardless I've got it at a three out of five uh, then we've got oh god uh, we've got Panic at the Disco with uh, Viva Las Vengeance which uh, I don't know like I acknowledge that Brendan Urie is I mean he's obviously talented but it's one of those things where, like, okay, yeah, you can sing technically, but, like, the way you use it just does not appeal to me at all. It's just a little bit too over-the-top for me. And I like some over-the-top stuff, but you've got to do it a certain way. And, I mean, I'm definitely not the audience for this record. Um, 
it's definitely for the diehard Panic fans who are like still around even after the old emo days and then the kind of later days um, before the other members left and it was essentially just Brendan. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm just not a huge fan of this one. I, I don't think it's maybe as awful as some people make it out to be, but when this record is annoying, it gets on my fucking nerves. But, you know, there are moments where I think the songwriting is kind of nice. Like, don't let the lights go out. Like, I feel like if somebody else did that song and it was on the radio, I would be totally happy with that. Because I like the bones of the song. I just... It's not a huge fan of the voice. Um, just not a band that I ever had much of a, an attachment to to begin with. I mean, I like some of the old singles, obviously, but... Uh, growing up when I did, but uh, yeah, I, I've got this one at like uh, two stars out of five. Uh, could maybe go lower. Like honestly, the more time goes on, uh, the more uh, I'm away from this album, the less that I'm into it. Uh, then we've got uh, another one, uh, "Holy Fuck" by Demi Lovato, and uh, I, I'm just not feeling this one really. Um, you know, I, I think some of the older pop rock stuff that she put out is is fun. It's it's really good for what it is. Um, I would much rather hear that stuff than this sort of edgy, like, oh, real rock kind of. Also, like, pop punk image that she's trying to have now. Um, I wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt because I, I do feel sorry for her with everything that she's been through with like going to rehab and, and all of that stuff. I don't know the specific details, so don't grill me. I'm not saying exactly what happened, but you know what I'm talking about. I, I do feel bad for her, and like the lyrics on this album are definitely about that, but I just... It's just the music. It's the performances. And like leading up to this, like I said, wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt because she posted some playlist of like, oh, this is stuff that I'm inspired by, and it had like Pixies and Sonic Youth and some, I mean, you know, like you're, you're pretty like run of the mill, like older alternative bands, but still really great bands. Um, but I kind of was like, okay, she's going to do something that's more out there than what she's normally been doing. And like I said, I, I really like the pop rock stuff, but I don't know, just the results on here, they're just a little too corny for me. I, I just can't get into it. I, I've got this one at a like a 1.5. It's kind of a tentative score. I don't think it's like the worst thing I've ever heard, but I, I'm really not into it. Really don't want to hear it again. Uh, then we've got The Berries with High Flying Man. Just, uh, you know, another one of those, like I mentioned before, just vibey indie rock records. Um, really cool guitars on this one but not a whole lot else I can really say about it um got this one sitting at like a three out of five uh then we've got your old Droog with uh Yodney Dangerfield I talked about Yod Wave or your old Droog Wave however you want to say it um talked about that a while ago really liked that real little release this one I do like, but not as much. There's not a song like Scooby Snacks, for example, that I go back to a lot. Um, but it's still like good for what it is. Um, I've got it at a 3.5 out of 5. Um, then we have Kokoroko with Could We Be More. Really cool like jazz and funk fusion stuff, but I don't know, just not something... Maybe a little tiny bit too long for me. Um, 
I don't remember it even being that long, but I, I think it just drug a little bit for me, but I, I still really like certain moments on it. Um, this one's like a kind of tentative 3, 3.5. Um, I want to go back to it. Um, it's mostly instrumental, but the uh, tracks with vocals are really nice. Uh, then we've got Nouns with Wild of Unsound Mind, which I really wanted to like because of the album cover being really cool, like vintage photo. Not even sure how to explain it, just look it up. But this is just a style of music that I just don't think that I'm into. Just on the opposite end from like the Panic and Demi albums where those are like, I mean, they're designed for a lot of people to buy and be really into. Um, this, this is, I mean, it's supposed to be like abrasive and noisy and sometimes I like that, but this is just one of those cases where I, I don't really, and I honestly can't even give this a rating. Like I, I've got it at like a two out of five. Um, like I appreciate the artistic effort or whatever, but I just, uh, I don't know. It kind of makes my head hurt a little bit. There are like a few moments that I almost kind of like, but then it changes really fast it's just really strange and all over the place. Uh, and then lastly, before we get into the picks, we've got Will of the People by Muse. Um, yeah, this it, it's, uh, it's another Muse album about society and uh, this authoritarian government and uh, how everything's fucked. There's a song on here called uh, We Are Fucking Fucked or something like that. Um, I, I I don't I don't know. I just it's kind of what you expect from Muse at this point. It's just really overblown and corny. Uh, I guess it's like the most quote unquote metal thing they've released so far. But uh, I don't know. It's just a little corny for me. Um, really over the top, kind of in the way that like the Panic is, but obviously like a a different genre. And I just. Uh, I don't know, I, I like the OG Muse stuff going back to like the 2000s, but this is just so far away from that for me. And uh, this is a pretty divisive album, like, not everybody is saying this album sucks, some people were really defending it, and I, I wanted to give it a fair chance because of that, but it's just uh, a little too much for me. Um, I've got it at a 2 out of 5, uh, just uh, maybe like a 1.5 honestly would be more fitting. Um, but yeah about to get into my five picks. So first up, we've got Julia Jacqueline with Pre-Pleasure. Uh, so Julia Jacqueline has paved her way as not only one of the best new leading figures of like sad indie singer-songwriter music, but also just as one of the best lyricists of that scene with songs that cut right to the core, especially ones like Don't Know How to Keep Loving You, and to Perth before the border closes. It's pretty hard not to get a strong emotional reaction out of her music. It's just melancholy indie rock perfection, uh, sometimes even with a bit of twang to it. Um, and there's just always this kind of raw day-to-day -day life kind of feeling to it, uh, as with so many of the best songwriters of the world. And she's still swinging full force on this new album, uh, opening with the first track, Lydia Wears a Cross, which has this sort of muted, almost electronic drum beat and piano. Uh, eventually, these kind of distorted synth sounds 
uh, all coming together to provide this really icy, solemn feeling uh, underneath lyrics about the many spectacles and rituals of religion and how even as pretty and as therapeutic as those things can be for people, it can still be hard to keep your faith uh, regardless. Um, then we have Love, Try Not to Let Go, which has a slightly breezier instrumental on the verses, uh, more of a fast walking pace on the drums. Um, and we do still have some of that kind of icy piano, but now we've got this really warm reverb drenched electric guitar kind of balancing things out. Uh, you've got that noodling throughout the track. And for the chorus, things get uh, really claustrophobic with these pounding drums and Julia shouting, try not to let go. Uh, that last time she sings it really high gives me chills every single time. Uh, then we've got Ignore Tenderness, which is uh, quite a profound song, and it seems to be a lot of people's favorite from the record, uh, with good reason. The lyrics seeming to be about the common experience of a woman trying to conform and meet the ever-changing standards in every sense of uh, the word. Uh, but throughout the song, Julia encourages both herself and any other woman that this could be, saying, uh, leave no room for doubt that you are brave, a little leaf catching a wave, strong but willing to be saved, and especially the line, who said you're not what you get, you are what you give away, uh, I think that goes a really long way. Um, and the production on this track is just so good, so light on the ears. Uh, every little decision is so tasteful from the subtle weeping strings that highlight her voice to the chorus, which is absolutely wonderful. Uh, I Was Neon was easily a great choice for a single. Uh, not that it's necessarily my favorite track on here, but it's still really great and uh, it fits seamlessly into the kind of friendly radio indie rock world that she's come up in and uh, on top of that it's just catchy as hell with that repeated line uh, am I gonna lose myself again and then you have the walls and walls of electric guitars which are just awesome uh, two in love to die in side a beautifully uh, with extremely bare but also kind of celestial instrumentation uh, kind of in the vein of something Julie Cruz would sing over the lyrics are really smart, um, kind of in that way where you're like, like I said before, like, how didn't I think of this? It's so good. Um, but she sings about how strong her love is for this man, basically claiming that the strength of her love could defy the laws of nature and prevent any impending doom from taking her life or taking his, uh, anything from a plane crash to walking onto a highway full of cars. Uh, and then we start off side B uh, with a heartbreaking, quiet acoustic ballad, Less of a Stranger, which is uh, dedicated to the long-standing, complicated relationship she's had with her mother, uh, acknowledging the faults that she has and how there are certain aspects of their relationship that are unfortunately set in stone, uh, obviously like the past, can't change the past, but ultimately saying that she doesn't want to change anything and she wouldn't she just wishes they could bridge the gap between them regardless uh, moviegoer i think is so well written uh it's a really dreamy track with a kind of floaty atmosphere really gentle drums gentle electric guitar and this really simple 
kind of twangy deep bass in the second half that sounds incredible uh the lyrics seeming to be about the codependent relationship a moviegoer has with a movie director the moviegoers spending all of their money on watching movies for some kind of escape from their difficult life which is i mean the reason so many people watch movies uh you know wanting to get lost in the glamorous worlds or just like the relatable kind of day-to-day -day worlds that the movie can paint um and the movie director you know on the opposite end even in spite of all of his money and success uh still having a hard life in his own way having nobody to love just like the moviegoer and needing to pour his struggles into art and it's just like this never-ending like i said really codependent cycle uh, then we have magic which is a gorgeous ballad with great harmonies that detail the struggles of intimacy opening up being able to be close with someone and then ultimately trying to mask those things uh, setting up a romantic scene as if you're like setting the stage to perform a magic show uh, detailing all of the anticipation and ultimately deciding to ask to wait for a better time uh, be careful with yourself is my favorite track on here uh, in my opinion it's the ultimate standout on this album full of great tracks uh, it starts off with this three seconds of like wailing distorted electric guitar that's pretty unlike anything else on the album and then that guitar keeps up this really nice gentle driving rhythm all while uh julia sings to you and uh tells you to be careful with yourself i mean just like the title uh she goes through please stop smoking please stick to the limit while driving please open up and talk about your feelings go to your doctor's appointments keep some money in savings work together and meet each other halfway and like i said just all coming back to the title of the song uh be careful with yourself um it's such a simple but moving message and um just driving around listening to the song on like a nice sunny evening the sun's about to go down uh, it's just like therapy um, makes me feel so much better every time uh, but then we have the album closer uh, end of a friendship which ends the record on a bit of a sad kind of ambiguous note uh, you know feeling like everything is going to plan with this person that you've taken a liking to only for them to completely do a 180 and just tell you that they don't feel the same and after that feeling like you know your time is running short and you need to find someone to love uh the lines all my love is spinning around the room i just hope it'll land on something soon uh really simple but really hard hitting at the same time uh and musically it feels like a really great cinematic note to end the record on uh, you've got these really grand floating strings that build and build and then you have this distorted electric guitar that pretty much plays the same things that the uh, strings are playing and I don't know I just think that's a really great touch and uh, yeah that's every song on the album um, honestly feeling like a 4.5 to potentially a 5 out of 5 um, honestly like the amount of amazing singer-songwriter records that come out to this day is pretty unbelievable anyone who thinks that this style died out way back in the 1970s really needs to 
kind of catch up to artists like this and give them a chance because this is just fantastic stuff. Um, yeah, that's Julia Jacqueline with Pre-Pleasure, 4.5, maybe a 5 out of 5. Uh, great record. Next up, we've got Heart Mind by Cass McCombs. Uh, now, I might lose a little bit of quote-unquote indie cred or whatever you want to call it when I tell you that this is the first full-length Cass McCombs record that I've ever listened to. Uh, I do know that he's been around since the 2000s, and he's had a ton of highly acclaimed work. Uh, not only that, but a lot of musicians I respect uh, cite him as an influence. Uh, before listening to this, I knew the song Bum Bum Bum, which is an all-time favorite song. Absolutely love it. Great late-night driving song. Um, I have a lot of happy memories associated with it. Uh, and the song Brighter, and that's about it. Um, but from knowing those tracks and then now hearing this album a few times and filling the blanks in between, I've learned this man has quite the range of a songwriter, and he has this classic, almost effortless sensibility in both his diverse music and his lyrics that I feel like you can only attribute to, like I said before, uh, with the last album, just the classic singer-songwriters. And when I say diverse, I mean diverse because you get a really cool platter of different things on this record. Um, it kind of exists in this strange but beautiful realm of indie rock, soft rock, folk, country, and jazz. Uh, all together forming this hazy, almost dreamlike mosaic. Um, and then on top of that, you've got everybody from Danielle Heim to Winona Judd contributing here. I just overall fucking love this record. It may be my favorite of the month so far. Or I don't know why I said so far. It may be my favorite of the month period. Um but I, I'm just consistently floored at how much amazing stuff is coming out this year. Like, sometimes I'm thinking, like, am I overrating stuff a little tiny bit just because I'm excited? But I think it's just, like, a high volume of great shit coming out, honestly. Uh, but getting into the tracks, uh, first up we've got Music is Blue, the opener, which... Feels like an almost drunken, kind of soulful take on a like a 70s soft rock FM radio staple. Um, got kind of a fuzzy guitar here. Um, I really love the high notes that he hits on this track. Um, but I especially love how poetic the lyrics are. The song at its core is literally just an ode to good music. I mean, uh, just the way he puts it is just... Uh, I don't know, there's something about it that's just really enchanting. Um, my favorite part of the song being, uh, it's a bit long what I'm going to read, but uh, she had me in chains at her altar, busking in the village like a real punter, a jealous maid I stole to feed her, that's the lie told by a cheater. We robbed Pluto, we ate nothing but beer, made love on Sunday, we wept and wept and wept and howled and howled and played hooky on Monday. There's not much more to say. I wouldn't have it any other way. I love her. She loves me. She loves we. She loves you. Music is blue. Um, just the way he delivers that, like you just have to hear it yourself. It's just really incredible. 
Um, and what else can you say about this song? It's just gorgeous, just a fantastic opener. Uh, then we have Karaoke, which is a great soft rock gem with a really beautiful kind of sly instrumentation, great driving bongos and acoustic guitars, and these little dreamy electric guitar flourishes. It's so smooth that it almost... Uh, it's kind of meta, but it almost kind of sounds like a song that would literally be like a staple karaoke track. Uh, the lyrics, I think, are just as brilliant as the last song. He uh, refers to the uncertainty of this relationship in such an interesting way. Um, are you going to stand by your man or is it just karaoke? And, you know, speaking of stand by your man... There are other great kind of plain as day musical references here. Uh, Your Love is King, Melody Unchained, Under the Boardwalk, and there's a few more that I'm not thinking of, but, you know, off the top of my head. Uh, and then we have New Earth, which is just so beautiful, um, carrying along the bongos and shimmering guitars from the last song, but now throwing in these really peaceful, just wonderful nature sounds. Um, it mostly sounds like birds or something. Um, and on top of that, he's kind of musing along about this brand new earth where things return to their original form and all of the issues of the world dissipate and clear up, uh, overall giving way to a brand new light after what he calls a very bad day, aka the end of the earth, of course. Um, and when you think about this, like, in a biblical context, you know, I've always associated the term New Earth with the Bible and all of that stuff. So if, you know, you've got that association with it, and I mean, maybe that's the only association with it, um, I don't know. But it's just such a moving song, uh, just so beautiful, uh, so pretty. Love the drums, love the guitars, it's just so shimmering, like I said. Uh, then we have Unproud Warrior, which is a moving, kind of slow and swampy ballad with a really jazzy drumming uh, and really down-home, kind of country-styled backing vocals, uh, one of which contributing is Winona, who I mentioned before. And there's some really gorgeous fiddle playing late in the track, too. The lyrics kind of depicting the pain and regret that a soldier can have after missing so much and uh, returning home from war. And then we have Krakatau, which is a really strange but wonderful track. It has this pretty interesting drumming, um, extremely fast-paced bongos that also at the same time sound kind of slow and hypnotic. Um, and then the guitars giving almost a reggae feel in some parts. Um, and they also have this strange effect, uh, the guitars, I mean, that kind of reminds me of the band Loving's self-titled record. Like, that's the only other place I've heard this sound. Uh, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm just, like, hearing something that's pretty normal and in a lot of different indie music. But I don't know. Whatever it is, I love it. Uh, and then after that, we get a complete country and jazz odyssey with Blue Blue Band, which sort of has the feel of like a campfire song, but, you know, not in the usual sense. Uh, it feels like a group of friends, like, sitting by a fire out in the country. Thanks, of course, to the acoustic guitars, obviously, but you also have absolutely gorgeous fiddle, uh, really light as a feather percussion, 
and all of these intertwining vocals doing different things. You have Cass giving this really soft, kind of laid back, chill delivery. Uh, and then you have these really soft female backing vocals behind him. And then you have this guy in the background going, uh, what kind of band, what kind of band, or something like that. Um, and the lyrics have this almost like free form feeling, you know, telling the story, like kind of like it's made up as it, as they go along or something, uh, you know, telling a story about this band who travels around and, uh, a band that could just make you feel so blue with their tunes. Uh, and then after that, we've got, oh man, I, I really love this song. Like this song especially the last few days, has really resonated with me and just like, ooh. It's uh, Belong to Heaven, which is one of the most bittersweet and beautiful tracks of the whole year. Uh, definitely the standout for me on this record, uh, which is already full of wonderful songs, but this is like, this is going to be high up there. I, I say this every month about a new song, but like, just just trust me. Like, I, I love this one. Um it feels like the ultimate culmination and tribute to three different people that apparently he knew who died in a really short period of time. Um, the music is really like upbeat folk rock with a bit of a country twang, um, a bit of that shimmering thing I was talking about before. Um, overall, kind of giving me like a Mirage era Fleetwood Mac uh, kind of vibes. Uh, of course, those really lush electric guitars and harmonies are kind of what make me think of that. Um, but yeah, the lyrics here just tug on your heartstrings uh, in spite of the upbeat instrumental. Uh, you've got music was all we needed. You've got to give it away to keep it. You surrendered undefeated. Now you belong to heaven. And on top of that, you've got you were totally lunar. You had a gallows at City Hall and gallows humor. Wish I had met you sooner, now you belong to heaven. For all the questions I want to ask, I hope that you find peace at last. While the world keeps turning fast, now you belong to heaven. And just hearing those like female backing vocals, the you belong to heaven, just uh, I, it's, it makes me float like every time I hear it. Like it, it's just something else. Like it's out of this world beautiful. Um, like I said, it's going to be really high up on the uh, end of your songs list for sure. I feel like songs like this are just what music is meant to be. Just heavy emotion in every sense of the word. Uh, and then after that, you've got the longest song and probably the most abstract note musically and lyrically. Um, you've got the closer. It's the title track, Heart Mind. Uh, the whole song is very atmospheric and murky keeping the same consistent vibe. Uh, really understated but wonderful drumming on this one um, that reaches a really great climax in the second half. Uh, it's underneath some really gorgeous weeping fiddle, some strings, um, and it almost ends on a kind of creepy note, um, and the lyrics are quite odd and open-ended. There's not much there in the lyrics, uh, especially for an eight-minute song. Uh, just a quick two verses in the first half, uh, one telling the story of what heart does and the other what the mind does, uh, ultimately coming back to the line at the end, uh, heart stops and starts, giving itself away. And that's it. I mean, it's... it's 
not a super long album. Um, it's kind of like my ideal length for a record, which adds to my love for this record. And um, honestly, like I, I had it at a 4.5 out of 5, but pretty much feeling a 5 out of 5 for this one. Um, like I said before, I, I kind of can't believe how consistent this year has stayed. And, uh, you know, I, I do try to reserve my fives for the special ones. But, you know, when my heart tells me to go for it, I've got to go for it. And that's how I feel about this record. And that's how I felt about other records this year. And, uh, you know, we'll see how they place whenever I do the uh, albums of the year list. Um and not long from now, actually. I mean, we're basically in September now. So, yeah, I mean, good shit. Uh, five out of five, Cass McCombs, Heart Mind. Uh, please, for the love of God, listen to Belong to Heaven. I, I really love that song. I just can't get over it. And, uh, yeah, Heart Mind. Next up after that, we've got Teen Suicide with... Honeybee Table at the Butterfly Feast. Uh, quite the long poetic title. Um, you know, speaking of this band, I definitely go pretty far back with them. In the last episode, I mentioned them as one I got into pretty early on in my life when, you know, I was getting deeper into finding new music on the internet. And before finding them, I had known Sam Ray's first project. Uh, the kind of ambient-leaning Ricky Acid. Uh, and this was all the way back, maybe like 2010-ish. And, you know, when I realized that he had a band too, of course I went deep and kind of witnessed all of these kind of buzzy albums being released. Um, it's definitely something I can brag about. Like, I, I remember being so excited as all of these were dropping. Um the lo-fi angst and dark emotion really resonated with me as a teenager and I still hold all of these records in very high praise to this day. Uh, DC snuff film, Waste Yourself, I Will Be My Own Hell, and I especially loved the American Pleasure Club record, A Whole Fucking Lifetime of This, which, you know, came out way later than the other ones, um, was definitely into my 20s at that point, but, uh, yeah, now we're apparently back to the teen suicide name once again. He changed it back uh, for whatever reason, which that's that's fine. It's his band name, and I didn't really have a problem with it. Um, but yeah, while the dreamy landscapes were definitely a big part of the Ricky Eat Acid sound, they kind of seemed to mostly stay separate from this project, save for you know some moments throughout the records that I mentioned that were, you know, kind of ambient in a comforting way sometimes, or in a really eerie kind of way. Think like Anne off of I Will Be My Own Hell. Uh, now, though, it seems like we've got a pretty equal mix of every project that Sam has put his hands on. I mean, the acoustic sounds, the raw and loud fast songs, the electronic sounds, the dreamy and spacey sounds, the emo and lo-fi sensibilities that, you know, boosted this project into fame to begin with. And, you know, going into this record, I think I was still sort of living in the past, um, expecting a more upfront, immediate kind of beast of a record. And 
it's actually turned out to be something like the, you know, for example, the really dense painting that you get as the album cover, which by the way, love this album cover. Um, but yeah, it's beautiful, but it's almost impossible to get everything out of it, even on the first 10 or 15 listens. Uh, each time you look, you're going to notice something new. And, you know, obviously you could say that about any record, but I think this one especially fits that case. Getting into the tracks, You Are My Star uh, is a one-minute intro with really celestial electric guitar that fades in and out of each ear. Um, kind of sounds like you're fidgeting with your headphones or something, but like in a really cool way. And then that goes into Death Wish, really cool transition there. Uh, Death Wish is a pretty heavy track that kind of seems to recall the good old emo days. Uh, Sam screaming his heart out on this track, and you've got the really punchy electric guitars that match him perfectly. Uh, and then you have these really pretty little, like, clean flourishes that come in and out and in and out. And after that, you've got Get High, Breathe Underwater, which is one of those instances of teen suicide kind of flirting with pop music ever so slightly. I mean, it's definitely not quite a radio type of song with the kind of glitchy but organic sounding drum beat and the intoxicating pianos, but... Man, is this song so catchy. Uh, no matter what you do, it's all the same. Uh, just over and over and over. Always gets stuck in my head. Uh, his delivery is so strong here. Uh, he sounds really confident on this song for whatever reason. Uh, then we've got on Unwanted House Ghost or House Guest, which uh, really draws everything back. It's really desolate sounding, mostly just Sam and acoustic guitar. Uh, but his vocal delivery here kind of reminds me of Jamie Stewart from Shushu with how restrained but also kind of broken and haunting it is. Uh, and then the kind of high notes that he hits on this track are a great touch, uh, as well as what sounds like a little toy instrument kind of plodding along. That's another thing that kind of reminds me of Shushu a little bit. And uh, one wholesome thing about this track is you can hear Sam's dog, I think her name is Clover, uh, barking throughout it, and it's just it's just a really cool little sweet detail. Uh, I love it. Um, then we've got the track Groceries, which is just dream pop bliss at its absolute finest. The shimmering, dreamy electric guitars, as well as the layers of Sam and his wife Kitty's vocals, they just wrap you up in this blanket and just kind of guide you through the cosmos. The lyrics are simple, but also bittersweet and vast. Uh, on a good day, we still love each other. A cool spring day in the summer. On a good day, I don't feel a thing. I shut my eyes and I know that I'm nothing. Um, pretty uh, abstract in a way there. Another track to add to the list of legendary Sam Ray acoustic cuts is I Will Always Be In Love With You. I think it holds up just as well as, you know, something like All the Lonely Nights in Your Life from a few years ago. When you listen to this song, you kind of feel like you're sitting on a porch with your friends, listening to one of them play acoustic guitar. It's like a late fall evening or something, and there's leaves all over the ground. That's kind of like the imagery that I get from this and a lot of their music, to be honest. 
The uh, next track has a mouthful of a title, New Strategies for Telemarketing Through Precognitive Dreams. Uh, just like groceries from before, the electric guitars are fantastic. Um, except you could say these guitars have a tiny bit more of a bite to them. Uh, kind of reminding me of the shredding that Jay Mascus would do or something. Um, but aside from that, it's a gorgeous track with a great melody. Uh, the taste of blood and the smell of rain hang around for a couple of days. I always knew I'd live to see the world start to end, but I thought I'd feel something when it did. Just the classic existential dread that you would expect from this band, and so good for that reason. Um, I don't think anybody who listened to this, uh, especially me, uh, was totally prepared for the next track, Violence, Violence. Maybe the ugliest and most brutal sounding song in their entire catalog at this point. I don't even know how to describe it, but it gave me goosebumps after I heard it for the first time. Like, it's just so out of left field from everything else on here. Um, and then, you know, I get goosebumps in quite a different way from the next song, uh, Coyote 2015 to 2021. A song that was worked on and shelved on and off between all of the years in the title, so a song six years in the making. Um, and I think it's really interesting how you take the most brash, the harshest song of the whole record, and then you put the prettiest song of the record after it, aka this one, uh, with very little lyrics, mostly an instrumental track, up until the very end of its six-minute runtime. This, in my opinion, may be the magnum opus of teen suicide up to this point. It's gorgeous and celestial in a way that I can only think to compare to something like Seeger Rose at their finest moments. It feels like seeing snow for the first time or seeing the prettiest sunset you've ever seen in your life. Um, you know, one of those ones that looks like God painted a canvas across the sky um, musically, there's this repeating, haunting, but also kind of gentle electric guitar riff that repeats throughout the first four minutes or so. And on top of that, you get these really soft, just kind of crisp, jazzy drums and horns that come to such a joyous climax that I can't even describe. It's so bittersweet sounding, and eventually that gives way to kind of a dreamlike noisy passage which then of course leads into the final minute or so which is just Sam and Kitty sitting uh singing on top of acoustic guitar with only a few lyrics uh some of which being apple tree in the backyard the sweetest thing i saw by far apples falling all around your head the ground turns green to red and then boom the track is just over uh like i said just uh Really fantastic track, uh, not just in their catalog, but definitely one that's uh, gonna stand the test of time. I mean, just in general for music, I mean, like, I just have no words for how pretty this song is um, and the feelings that I get from listening to it. It's, it's just something else, and you really have to hear it for yourself. Uh, and after that, we've got Every Time I Hear Your Name Called, which kind of feels like another callback to some of the classic teen suicide formula. Sam, an acoustic guitar, 
lyrics that are ghoulish and melancholy, like uh, more and more, now I think I'm fading. Some days you can see me through the walls. I feel you near me in the strangest places, the hospital and the clinic halls. It's uh, kind of what you expect from teen suicide in a way, but you know, of course, that's why I fell in love with this band. Uh, you Can't Blame Me has a bit of a surf rock instrumental with the lo-fi washed out quality turned up to like 500. It's a really killer track with killer electric guitar playing. And uh, I think it's one of those moments that almost feels like it could be a pop song, but you know, with way different production. Um, and I've always loved when he hits those kind of high oohs that he does on this track. Like if you if you know Teen Suicide, you know what I'm talking about. It's kind of something that showed up a lot in their catalog. Um, and uh, after that, we get another delicate, beautiful acoustic track uh, with uh, It Was Probably Nothing, But For A Moment I Lost All Sense Of Feeling, uh, a title that kind of reminds me of his old Ricky Eat Acid days, which, you know, he had a lot of song titles like that when he... Uh, was under that moniker, or, you know, Ricky Eat Acid is still active, I guess, but you know what I mean. Um, but getting to this song, there's a really great echoey effect on the vocals, um, and then the melody and the way that he kind of arpeggiates the chords kind of reminds me of, like, a classic 50s love ballad, and, you know, this itself is a really great love ballad. Um, after that, there's a really cool kind of old and dusty feeling acoustic instrumental called uh, all of us steady dying uh, this guitar kind of reminds me of something that would be on a karen dalton record way back in the day or something like that uh, after that we've got complaining in dreams which uh, brings autotune to the front and i think sam uses it really tastefully it's got a verse chorus verse thing but even with that, the verses feel like this really free-flowing form, like poem, uh, and in the poem, he's kind of acknowledging his overall dissatisfaction and disappointment with his own life and with the world at large, and then kind of just acknowledging that there's only so much you can do about it, hence, you know, complaining in dreams. After that, uh, How to Disappear in America Without a Trace... Uh, starts winding down the record for the end. I can't say a whole lot about it, but it's uh, just a really pretty acoustic track, and I especially love the lines, like the sound of snow on the roof of a car. When did I first fall out of love with art? I don't want to live forever. I don't want to die. Don't have to say hello if you don't say goodbye. It feels defeated and kind of rested and comfortable in its own nihilism, just, you know, being neither here nor there. Uh, and then we have Another Life Bootleg, which is the closer, and it sort of continues that kind of nihilistic, defeated feeling, but in a more abstract sense, because this one is just an instrumental. Um, it's sort of like the opposite of the opening instrumental, You Are My Star, you know, being somewhat upbeat. And uh, yeah, I feel overall really happy with this record. I 
think I need to continue spending time with it, as I said before. It might not be my favorite under this band's name, but it's still just another classic in the discography, and I think it just further solidifies what a great band they are and how they can still keep going after all these years. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it hasn't been a long time, but it does in a way feel like a lifetime since, you know, like DC Snuff film or I Will Be My Own Hell or any of those classic records came out. Even Honey Pot from 2016 feels like so long ago. I mean, six years ago. Uh, but yeah, I've got this one at a really strong 4.5 out of 5. Could potentially be a 5, um, but I think I just need to kind of chew on it a little bit more. Uh, there's nothing wrong with their record at, at all. Like, I, I absolutely love it. I just, uh, you know, yeah. Really great record, Honeybee Table at the Butterfly Feast by Teen Suicide. Next up is Flood by Stella Donnelly. Now, it's been three years after her debut and Stella Donnelly is back. And I remember enjoying that debut, uh, Beware of the Dogs, quite a bit and keeping it in heavy rotation. Uh, of course, in early 2019, even getting the record at some point or another. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have it anymore as I've sold off a lot of stuff in hard times throughout the years. I used to have uh, well over 100 records. I'm probably only down to like 30 or 40 now at this point. Just stuff that I really can't part with. Um, but, you know... I definitely still love the album. Um, her lyrical wit and charm was what really drew me in. Uh, the music on that one leaning into uh, primarily like a jangly indie rock sound. And then there were some acoustic cuts here and there. But uh, overall, different vibe um, from what we get on this record. Uh, in this record, we get mostly piano and... The overall atmosphere is much more like lush and kind of, I don't know if orchestrated is the right word, but if you heard it, you would know what I'm talking about. Um, but the way this whole album sounds is just so pleasant, whatever it is. Um, like, I can't imagine this album upsetting anybody, even if it's not particularly your thing. And I knew I would enjoy this record, but even then it still kind of surpassed my expectations like I was just kind of like oh I haven't listened to her in a while this will probably be pretty good and um yeah getting into some of these tracks uh she doesn't waste any time throwing punches with the first track lungs uh really upbeat airy piano rocker with awesome drums that keep you energized it sounds pretty happy but then you read the lyrics and uh it's a pretty angry stab at landlords, uh, among other things. And then we have uh, How Is Your Day, which uh, sounds a lot like what people already kind of knew Stella for. It's sort of the logical continuation uh, that you would expect from the last record. Super catchy, super jangly. Um, I love the spoken verses going into the super airy high note choruses. Um and then after that, you really start to notice things are different musically. Uh, you've got the third track, Restricted Account. It's a really sweet love song with gentle piano and 
these very muted jazzy drums. It feels like the first of a few moments on here where she's almost performing in some kind of lounge or jazz club. The I'll Be Your Lover refrain at the end is so beautiful, so pleasant, so nice. Uh, after that, we've got Underwater, which is a really moving, slow piano ballad based on Stella leaving behind a toxic, abusive relationship, uh, kind of referencing the seven tries they say that it takes before a person can fully leave a horrible situation like that. Uh, her vocal performance on this one is really heartfelt, especially given the context. Metals is a really fun track that starts off like another kind of gentle piano tune, um, but it kind of builds and you start to get these odd plucked guitar notes that sound like they're underwater. Eventually these drums come in and then towards the last half she says go and then you get this really gorgeous dreamy saxophone passage. Uh, maybe my favorite moment on the whole record just I have to pick one specific part of one song um, and that just kind of rides out the rest of the track uh, and you've also got these really great kind of swinging backing vocals too. Uh, Move Me is an upbeat slightly groovy track with kind of bittersweet lyrics dedicated to Stella's mother uh, based around the difficult time they had with dealing with her recent diagnosis with Parkinson's. Uh, but it leads off in an optimistic way at the end because, you know, she can get the treatment now that she really needs after all of the uncertainty. Uh, the title track, probably my favorite overall song here, uh, called Flood, was written based around the intense lockdown that many people who live in Melbourne uh, went through where they were only allowed one hour of exercise a day. And it's kind of meant to represent the bittersweet freedom of that hour-long walk, uh, getting to experience the nature of the world um, when you've only had such a limited exposure to it, and enjoying it, but also knowing that it won't last, and kind of the heartache that comes with that. Uh, I really like how it's not your typical approach to a lockdown song. There have been so many lockdown songs, but I have not heard one that I feel like came from it from this angle. Uh, the walking piano groove with the beautiful catchy melody and those amazing soft backing vocals. Uh, all together, they solidify this being my personal favorite track here. Uh, the next song this week continues that kind of hopeful optimism that, you know, is kind of half there on that song but it's in full bloom here. Um, it's lyrically very straightforward, more than anything else on this album. She lists off all of these things that she's done, calling her family, emailing her favorite band, sleeping without the lights on, finding a safer way to walk home, just in general being more hopeful, being more productive. After that, you've got Oh My My My, which is another really sad song written about her own grandmother. It's a brutally emotional song about the, you know, of course, the hardships that come after losing someone you love. Um, very straight to the point, just her and a keyboard mainly, uh, but it's a really haunting, really short song, but just comes in, does the job, gets you sad, kind of uh, haunts you a little bit, like I said, and 
then we're on to the next song, uh, which is uh, Morning Silence, which uh, kind of gives you a lo-fi feel. It's got an acoustic guitar. It was apparently like her trying to kind of go back to what she was doing on her first EP, which I actually haven't heard. I need to go check out after this. Um, but really love this song. Really enjoy the kind of odd... I don't know if they're like jazzy chords. I'm not sure like what they are. Like I play guitar, but sometimes I can't really like pick up what other people are playing just from hearing it. I know some people are really good at that. I'm not. Um, but whatever they are, um, the way they're strummed is really interesting, really raw, uh, just a really cool approach to playing. And after that, Cold finishes out the album and appropriately it feels like Stella getting the last word and a long ongoing argument. It's got really great layers of piano and strings and the fade out with the repeated chanted line, you're not big enough for my love is a really empowering way to close out the record and just move on to another chapter, which is, you know, I kind of went by an interview getting to know this album and apparently that was kind of her intention and I think she executed it very well. And uh, yeah, great record um kind of sitting at like a 4.5 out of 5 uh for this one uh definitely check this one out if you want some great kind of straightforward sometimes funny sometimes sad but always witty songwriting um you know just yet another example of uh, another great songwriter working today and uh yeah that's uh, Stella Donnelly with Flood our last pick for the month is one I kind of didn't expect to have on here. It's Unwanted by Pale Waves. Um, I first heard Pale Waves back in 2018, and back then I kind of felt like they were one of the first post, like, the 1975 style bands, just kind of riding along that same wave. Um, in a good way, um, because especially at the time, I was a pretty big 1975 fan. Um, then I remember last year, they moved into more of a 2000s pop punk, kind of 90s pop rock type of direction uh, with the album Who Am I? And, you know, maybe I need to revisit that album, but at that time, I just wasn't feeling it. I didn't think it was bad, but just... Uh, had no interest in going back to it. Um, and now, you know, enjoying this record, maybe I need to go back and give that one another chance. Um, but yeah, you know, turning on this new record, uh, maybe my expectations just weren't high to begin with. And that helped this kind of take better to my ears. Uh, I don't know. Or, you know, it could just be a really solid record. And I, I think it's that. Like, I think this one's just... Uh, pretty big improvement, I would say, um, from my personal taste, at least. Um, and, you know, they haven't changed a lot. They're no doubt still doing the really anthemic, angsty, singing-in-your-bedroom, kind of late 90s, early 2000s, like I said, pop rock, pop punk thing. But there's a certain sheen to this record that I really enjoy. Um, it's packaged very well, and you can tell a lot of younger people are really going to take to these songs. And, you know, I'm glad of that because it's a fun record. Um, getting into the tracks, the opener lies, wastes no time with its shredding electric guitar and drums that sound like they're ready for battle. 
it sounds like a pop punk song that you've heard so many times, but I mean, it's a really good pop punk song that you've heard so many times. Um, really cool opener. Uh, the title track, Unwanted, uh, you've got really passionate, emotional vocals from vocalist Heather that pair really well with the emotive start and stop electric guitars in the chorus. Uh, this song has a really well-built chorus. I'm not going to try to sing it or anything because I'll butcher it, but I don't know. When I listen to this, it just kind of feels like when you're younger and you hear stuff like Paramore and Blink for the first time and you're just like, holy shit, I've never heard something like this before. Um, I especially love the kind of shouted no good backing vocals on all the choruses. Uh, then we've got The Hard Way, which is a really touching acoustic ballad that dials things back down, uh, seemingly dedicated to someone who unfortunately passed away. Uh, focusing in on the regrets that we can feel for not checking in on someone we care about, um, especially after the unthinkable happens. Uh, then we have Jealousy, which kicks off with an electric guitar lick, and then that La La La, which um, paired together kind of reminds me a bit of S&M by Rihanna. And, uh, you know, that feeling kind of hangs around for the verses too, only just way punkier than the song I mentioned. And uh, then you got those really great high notes on the chorus. Um, just on this album, you've got one earworm chorus after another. And uh, on this song, I love that one kind of instrumental bridge towards the end. Uh, Alone is brutal with that chorus. Uh, Wish I could go back to the night I met you so I could just tell you to go to hell. I'd rather spend my whole time whole lifetime alone. Uh, I get so much joy from the opening of Clean, uh, another favorite of mine, probably tied for my favorite with uh, Unwanted. This one really leans into the 90s radio pop rock sound with those la-la-las and the melody on the chorus. It's kind of like a timeless song that you've heard in the car a thousand times. Like, it's just everywhere, but it's a new song like it's just I don't know it has that quality to it um that I think is so magical um you know I wish this was something that you could turn on the radio and hear regularly um the last chorus with the belting vocals and where the music kind of stops is enough to give you chills after that we've got without you which is we're kind of getting getting into the territory of songs that I can't say much about but uh, this one's a pretty great ballad and a great showcase of vocals. Um, I don't know about anyone else, but it's hard not to feel something when she sings on this album. I mean, she's a great vocalist, regardless of what you think about these actual songs themselves. Uh, only Problem and You're So Vain are, like I said, more moments where my enthusiasm starts to uh, relax a little bit. I mean, they're good songs, but Nothing I'm too wild about. The latter, You're So Vain, reminds me of Avril Lavigne somewhat. Um, and yeah, like I said, just the beginning of Side 2 starts to dip a tiny bit. Reasons to Live is fun. Um, reminds me of something that you would have as like the automatic song that plays when you go onto your MySpace profile. 
Numb is a really nice little ballad. Uh, definitely the most stripped back thing on here aside from the hard way. Um, but I think they utilize the empty space very well. The electric guitar tone is pretty. And of course the vocals, like I said, are great. Uh, between the subtlety and the drama. Um, and I feel like the great pop punk chorus comes back one more time for Act My Age. Uh, one of quite a few vocal hooks on here that probably won't leave my mind for a while. And, you know, again, nothing much I can say about it, but good stuff. Uh, so Sick of Missing You is a really great closer that I think picks things back up a lot. Uh, really angsty love ballad that bounces between really lovesick, gentle, and breezy acoustic pop verses. And then just a bombastic but also sweet sounding chorus. Um, if this genre is your thing and you grew up on it, I mean, this album has got to be your bread and butter. Um, overall, I would probably give it a four out of five. Uh, you know, it's not reinventing the wheel or anything, but I think it's a solid record. Um, and like I said, the first half is definitely the superior half, but you know, there's nothing I dislike about the second half. I think it's good too. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's in the nature of this type of record. Um, you're going to have some really amazing moments and then some that are just like, oh, that's, that's pretty good. I like that. And, uh, yeah, that's Unwanted by Pale Waves, four stars out of five. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for the August 2022 recap. Thank you so much again for supporting and for listening. And, uh, as always... Peace out and be well and uh, I love you and take care of yourself.